just beautiful and we're so grateful and we love our music. We've come to the time now that we're concluding our group of lessons on the 12 powers. And the thing that I think is so beautiful about the powers and that I love the most about unity is we take what we need and we leave the rest. But I want to go back just a bit and talk about the 12 powers and the reason when our founder, um, Mr. Fillmore, Charles Fillmore, started with these powers, he was looking for a way in the late 18, early 1900s that he could help people focus more on their bodies, on the inner Christ within, on raising their energy in a way that would be positive. And so that was his reason for pointing to different parts of the body, for using different colors, for using the 12 disciples as examples of um, the different energies. And I think it's really important to realize as we look back on them, this learning for unity is ongoing. I commented one time that for me, it was very difficult to start using the 12 powers. But as I kept going, just like anything else, practice, practice. And I think that's what's so beautiful about the powers is it helps us focus not only on a part of our body, but on the energy that that particular part grouped with the powers we can use for our benefit. And so I'm down to the last, we're down to our last three today. And as I mentioned last Sunday, I'm just so grateful to, for, to Eddie for being a part of this with the powers. They're not easy for me to learn. And, and as I try harder and harder to explain them, sometimes I get befuddled. Well, as I've shared before, it's so great when we have a few professors in our midst that can explain things to us and um, also define some of these words. So I am just so grateful to you, Eddie, that you've been a part of these 12 powers. And as I said, we're concluding this today. Um, the power that I want to talk about right now is called zeal. And zeal is found in the back of our neck at the base of our skull. The color for zeal is orange. The thing that I thought when I thought of zeal immediately was enthusiasm. And somebody said to me, there's a, somebody within unity that knew about, about the powers. Enthusiasm is just one part of zeal. You know, when we talk about enthusiasm, we want to raise our spiritual energy. We want to be excited about something. And I think that's what's so beautiful about zeal. It's the power that drives us towards our goals. And many times we sort of go along in life just onward and onward without quite realizing what is it that helps us feel enthusiastic? What is it inside of us that will make us feel excited and want to continue? And you know, I've seen over and over again through my life situations where people have said, I've been in this job for over 20 years. And you know, I've gone because the money's pretty much there, but I've never really enjoyed it. And all of a sudden, I've started doing something that I've wanted to do for a long time, be it joining a gym, be it singing in a choir, 
be it taking trips and being a little adventuresome. But what we realized as we talk about that as humans on our plane is that more and more we raise our energy. And you know that's what in unity we believe we're here for. We're here to live together as one, but also to bring our heaven to this earth. And so again, with zeal, it helps drive us towards some of those dreams, towards some of those goals. But along with enthusiasm, I think it's important to remember that we have dependability within that. We have to be able to depend on ourselves and other people should we need to gather more knowledge. And I think persistence is one of the important things of zeal that many people don't realize. You know, it, there's been things said about sometimes our desires manifest very, very quickly. Other times it takes a bit. And one of the examples that was given in Charles, Roth book, Charles Roth's book on the 12 powers was the example of a sales meeting and how particularly when they get new salespeople in a particular company, they try to have sales meetings at least once a week. And with that, they're hoping, and this is the part that many people don't realize, they're hoping by those sales meetings They'll take the outer rah-rah, they'll take the outer beliefs that the sales company is trying to bring forth and put that within. Well, that's where the word zeal is so important, putting that with persistence. Sometimes when we're doing something, we have to look out and about and take someone else's word for something until we have practiced enough to go within and trust our consciousness, our Christ consciousness, that we're doing what's best for us. So that's where the persistence comes in. Sometimes things manifest quickly. Sometimes those ideas can be a bit uh, coming more slowly. And so I think for each of us, as we look at zeal, we remember, yes, something that warms our hearts and helps us to feel enthusiastic. We can do that feeling unhurried because we know that the ideas do not stop flowing, that there's always manifestation when we focus on the energy and the positive energy. The thing that we're eventually working towards, as I said with that sales meeting, is going inward, motivating ourselves by what we look at, by noticing our own strengths. And I think that's what's most, one of the most important things with zeal. The disciple that they um, suggest we use is Simon. Simon was a disciple that was chosen later while Jesus was traveling around. He and his brother both became a part of the 12. He was 26 years old when he joined the disciples. He was married with three children. And one of his jobs, and I thought that was very interesting, he commented he liked a very simple life. 
He and his brother that I'll speak about in a moment were both fishermen. They liked their small village. They enjoyed being with their family and their close friends. So they weren't particularly outgoing, but they wanted to follow Jesus. They believed in the words that Jesus spoke. And not only did they believe in him, it shows in various books that I've uh, read about the 12 disciples, how they felt so privileged and humble to be able to be a part. So again, Simon was one of those that he spent the time uh, policing, the word was used, but I like to um, use the word joining those that came to hear Jesus speak. He wanted to make sure that each and every person felt welcome. He was willing to do any of the errands that the other disciples or that Jesus himself needed because he totally believed in the message and that message of love and do unto others as you would have them do unto you. He took that and ran with it throughout his life. And one of the tidbits that I thought was most interesting is he was a very, as I said earlier, a very simple person and liked to live a very simple life. But what he ended up doing, and there was a note made of this in one of the books on his history, he went back to the village after Jesus died and made his ascension, and he spent his life trying to live in the way Jesus would want him to live, within his family, within those that he surrounded himself with. And they say he was one of the humblest of all of the um, disciples. So again, let's remember that zeal is important for us, not just for our enthusiasm, but for our persistence and also for our dependability. When we say we're gonna do something, both for ourselves and for other people, how important it is that we're able to do what we say we're going to do. The next, uh, the next uh, choice that I have chosen or the, is the next power is the elimination or renunciation. And this is down to the next to the last power. I thought it was interesting. Um, elimination, we all know, they say accent the positive and eliminate the negative, but it's so much deeper than that. Um, elimination for those of us in unity are get, trying to get rid of what we call our error thinking, our patterns of thinking that may not serve us anymore. You know so much, and we've spoken about this a great deal here, so much of what we think about and what we believe was given to us when we were very, very small. We didn't have a chance to actually put it into practice, but it became a habit. Well, as we grow both in faith, as we grow in experience in life, we find out how important it is to take a look each and every day at our lives and see what is it that I want to keep? What is it that I want to eliminate? The elimination, um, oh, I keep forgetting that word, the elimination power is found in our lower spine. The color that is used with it is russet, and the disciple is Thaddeus. Thaddeus, as I was speaking earlier about Simon, was Simon's twin brother. And just as I mentioned, they were brought on later in uh, Jesus' teachings, but they so felt honored to be there. 
elimination of error thinking brings in that important phrase that we say so much. Let go and let God. Let go, release what does not suit you. Empty whatever you need to empty so there will be space there to put in the good or the new God ideas. And that's what I love the most about elimination. I have realized in my own life how many, many times I have gone to this particular power and how well it works. It opens up the way for us to put the new ideas in. We need to cleanse and purge those thoughts or ideas that no longer serve us, as I mentioned earlier. And a, an example of that, someone was saying to me not too long ago how much they enjoyed taking long walks. They used to be a jogger and a runner, and they had run in a marathon and made a point of going throughout the United States to the marathons. But after aging just a bit and having some problems with their legs, they were no longer able to run. They went through a period of sadness or depression, sort of grieving that part of their uh, life. But what was so beautiful about it is someone said to them, you know, I think what you enjoy is being out in nature and being able to take time with yourself. And so with that, they started walking. It started out around the block, and then they walked a little bit further. But what they found when they eliminated the need for speed and to go quickly and to go great distances, as in so many of the marathons, they realized that they were gaining that spiritual gift of being within nature and in this Father's world, as we so often say. So again, Thaddeus was the twin brother of Simon. He was married with two children. They say he was probably the best-natured of all the disciples. He lived a very, very simple life, and many people thought he wasn't quite as bright as some of the other disciples. But he had such a great way about him that he was truly, truly loved and honored. He thought, thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to be here. His job was to act as host at the many speaking events that Jesus did. And even if he was along the way and he saw someone that may want to get closer to Jesus or hear more about them, he would talk to the people whoever needed it. And so Th uh, Thaddeus was known for bringing the common man into Jesus' teachings, for helping everybody realize that we are all one, and most importantly, for helping unify people and realize that with Jesus' teachings, everybody is loved. So again, he was the chief usher. They called him the host, and he took many, many hours and went back to his home. He did not travel after Jesus' death, but he too went back to his home and attempted to live his life just as Jesus did. So those are the two powers that I'm speaking of today. I've asked Eddie to um, complete our series by speaking on life. So let's welcome Eddie. Morning, everybody. I thought, yay, when Marsha asked me to speak on life. And she says, and guess which disciple is behind life? Judas. Oh, great. <laughs> Judas. 
to do my meditation and my prayers. I was just starting my meditation music when up on my phone popped something. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna listen, I'll listen to it before I start my meditation music. It was a story from a doctor his name's Dr. Johnson, out in the Midwest. He wrote a short story, all of three paragraphs, about a little girl who was four years old, and she had to have emergency surgery. During the surgery, she began to bleed out. She had O-type blood. The hospital didn't have enough for her. He began to panic and worry about what to do, and he remembered that she had a twin brother who was out in the waiting room with her parents, his parents. He runs out and asks the twin brother, who he knew had O-type blood as well. He sat down and he said, I don't have but a moment. Your sister is very sick. I need your blood. Will you give it? This is a matter of life and death. The little boy dropped his head, the doctor wrote. He said, sure, I'll give my blood for my sister. The doctor wheeled him back, got his blood, ran it into the surgical suite. The doctor went back to check on the little boy Little boy was laying there because the doctor had to take quite a bit. The doctor said, how are you doing? Little boy said, I'm doing all right. How do you feel? I feel okay. Is it time for me to die now? The little boy asked. The doctor said, what do you mean? He said, you asked for me to give you my blood so that my sister could live. And that means it's time for me to leave. I'm listening to the doctor write the story and the next thing I know, this grown man is on the couch just bawling at the innocence of that little four-year-old boy who was willing to give his life so that his sister, his twin sister could live. He didn't know. When I heard this story, I thought, oh my God, I've got to start with that. Because that is the power of life. So often we don't know. And the reason that Judas, the disciple, is, stands behind that power is because of the betrayal. Life has two poles. 
negative and positive, man and the Christ, the ego or the Christ, I call it. Judas represented the ego and the ego will always betray the truth, always. And when we live in and from our egoic self, then we're not living the truth of our higher self, of our higher consciousness. And when we do that, we do not let the power of Christ live us. The power of Christ is life because God is life. The ego doesn't know anything about living. It thinks it does as it runs around trying to get what it wants and has no idea what life really is. That life is about giving. And that is what Jesus, the Christ, represented, was giving, giving love to all of mankind and to awaken us to the truth of what we are, that we are love, that we are peace, that we are joy. We're everything that God is. But when we do not allow the Christ voice within us to guide us, we go into error thinking, as Marcia calls it. And that's usually when our lives become uh, unmanageable, that begin to, we begin to suffer, experience pain, and we don't have to doesn't need be. All we have to do is stay in touch with that which is higher. The heart is the center of our being. And I have said before, we either hear from above or below. If we're only listening to the voice below, we will suffer. If we're listening to the voice from above, above the heart, the powers above the heart, we're in the Christ, we're in peace, we're in love and we're in joy. We will experience heaven. That's the promise. But if we're listening to the egoic voice, the voice from below, below the heart, referred to often as carnal man, we will experience conflict, misery. The choice is always ours, just as it was that little boy's to give or not his blood to his sister. He, he chose thinking that he would give his life to save his sister. And I'll end on this note. What innocence. That is the innocence of true life. That is the innocence of Christ's life. To give 
without anything in return. But by giving, his sister made it through the surgery. She got well and they went home. And that is a story that should make everyone's heart a little lighter today. Thank you, guys. to the time of our service where we get to go into the silence for just a moment. I ask that you close your eyes. Put both feet on the floor if possible. Relax. Take a few deep cleansing breaths slowly. And as you breathe in, breathe in God is exhale I am sink deeper into that quiet space of the heart the inner sanctuary the center of your being sink deeper into the silence go into the silence where true life abounds all around you and in you and give thanks this day, for that life is ours. As we bring our awareness back into this moment, this time, this space, this place, we do so with love in our heart, life all around us, and joy on our tongues. For we know that we are the Christ alive, well, and whole.
We are so blessed to have Jim join us today. And again, he is going to sing another song. And Jim, thank you for making the effort to be here. Uh... 